welcome back to Clam Slam. Today, we are continuing the conversation with Brooke. I always do this kind of intro to my friends and how I met them and their little vibe and aesthetic they got going on. And I didn't do that with Brooke. I just kind of went right into it with her. So I met Brooke only this last summer. So she's my first kind of adult friend, like friend that I made in my super adult years. And what's funny is I don't think I actually told her this part yet, but so we went to the same high school and she was a year or two older than me. And I had heard of her because she was so cool and popular. And I actually had a friend that was in her grade that was kind of obsessed with her. So she would just like talk to me about her all the time. (laughs) But aside from that, because we're from the same hometown, I've just always heard about her and because she's so beautiful and smart and funny and awesome. (laughs) So whenever we first became Facebook friends, we kind of started like commenting on each other's shit. It took us like a year to actually hang out from making plans because um, I was intimidated of hanging out with her I didn't know she was too cool girl for me but whenever we did finally hang out it was just so natural and we just both couldn't stop talking and it just felt like the most natural thing in the world and we've been organically getting closer as friends and it's just been super cool especially lately she just has a very summer girl vibe and she's very wise and I feel that she's also one of my most powerful friends and as I've said before I'm always just like ah she's also my projector friend which is super special to me so today there's a bit of a trigger warning because we get into abusive relationship stuff a little bit she continues her experience in California and we get into some mom stuff taking medication for anxiety versus not we get into the highly sensitive person or child. Enjoy this episode of my friend Brooke. My name is Adrienne and I'm a lonely clam. And if you stick around, you'll hear my friend slam. It's time to talk about being a woman. And just what it's like to be a human millennial in general. Enjoy. Okay, so your California experience, and that's also where you met the crazy guy oh that you you brought him back to to Kansas City, or did he come back here to be he with you? He came here completely like unwarranted. I guess I gave him enough attention to even think that he could do that, but mm-hmm. he didn't talk to me about it. He just made the choice on a whim. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Oh, I'm coming out here to be with you," and I'm like, "You didn't even." Did, were Ask you me wooed? if I want that. Yeah, were you wooed by that or did you not like it immediately? No, I did not like it immediately because I... You already had a history. I already right? had a history oh, okay. with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And deep down in my gut, I always knew it was going to be a shit show. Can we give him a name? A fake name? No, I'll say his real name is Okay, Phil. fuck it. Phil. Okay, Phil. so Phil and this is the guy that things got abusive and toxic and crazy. Yeah. Okay. So this is the start of that story. Yeah. (laughs) All right, go on. (laughs) So he was, we heard him outside, like, yelling, banging on the door next to us, just, like, raging. I'm like, what the fuck? No, I don't want you up here, buddy. Get down. And Bo was like, oh, I'm going to go out there and tell him he needs to calm down. I said, you don't know this person. This person sounds insane. Like, do not go out there. Like, you don't know what you're getting yourself into. Mm Mm-hmm. So he's like, okay, well, I'll just yell through the door. So he's like, hey, man, you know, can you tone it down? I don't want to have to call the police. 
all of a sudden, this guy is banging on our door. I'll come out here right now. I'll fucking kill uh, you. Blah, blah, wow. blah. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Finally, he goes away. Maybe like a week or two later, my roommate comes upstairs from doing his laundry and he goes, you'll never guess who I ran into in the laundry room. Tells me, oh, that he, you know, he apologized. He was just really drunk and him and his girlfriend were fighting and like he offered to give me some weed and he mm. wants to come over later and smoke me up. And mm. so he's going to come over. I said, no, no, dude. Yeah, like, you don't want to be involved in No. And then he's like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. He mm. came over and. What was the energy? He was so charming. Were you unsettled by him or no? Honestly, like there was part of me that was, but there was another part of me that just felt really relaxed in his presence. Was it because of his charmingness? He was the most... What's the word I even want to use? He was just so chill. Like everything he did was chill. The way he tied his shoes was chill. (laughs) He was... No, I would just watch him. He seemed just so poised and so like... Like, he seemed like a completely different person than the person that I heard Mm. outside the door. Mm. So I'm like, I've never experienced a person like this before. This was my first encounter. So I'm kind of giving him the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, well, maybe he was really drunk, like, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Because he started to come over and hang out, and we became friends. Like, we were actually really tight. Mm. Like, he made me laugh. Mm. I felt, even to this day, and it sucks, because I'm like, was any of that real? But he, we were, I've, I've never experienced, like, a friendship oh. with a partner to the degree that I did. When I do feel me. like we got along. Yeah. I do feel like there was a part of it that was real, but it didn't take away from the fact that he was super crazy and mm-hmm. fucked up. Mm-hmm. So. When did that start showing? That started showing after his girlfriend left. And you knew, did you know why she left? I helped her leave. Man. That's what's fucked up is I helped her run away. And then I put myself in her exact position. Young people, man. Because I'm like, oh, well, it's not going to happen to me. Mm -hmm. I thought I was invincible. I Mm -hmm. felt like I was the one that could change a person. We always think we're the one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And at this time, I'm like 20. Right. Oh, and I had just ended, or I was trying to end the thing with the other guy. Because I could sense that it just wasn't going to go anywhere. The other guy, the drummer yeah okay i could sense that it was like hitting a wall Mm -hmm. i was needing more from him i was needing more commitment i was needing more like just stuff that he wasn't able to give Mm -hmm. and i wonder if things would have changed because he did try reaching out to me but by that time i was already wrapped up with phil so then i just didn't even care interesting because i felt things from him that i didn't in terms of like deep friendship Mm -hmm. that i didn't have in the other relationship because it was more just like sexual mm-hmm. if anything so she she started to tell me things and i'm like this is fucked up call the police mm-hmm. no 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 she was very you know um stockholm syndrome didn't want to get him in trouble didn't want it which now i understand because i was there but she didn't come home one day after work and she called me she told me all about it he's like where's she at? Why isn't she home yet? Blah, blah, blah. He's like, she told me, Hey, can you basically 
keep things level for me. I need to... She left her cat. Mm. She left her car. She left a bunch of her things. And she's like, I need to get my stuff back. And if he knows that I left him, I'm scared of what he's going to do. So I was like, yeah, girl, I got you. I'm going to help you. Mm -hmm. And I made sure that we were gone. I let her know we were leaving. She had her mom and, like, her stepdad come, got her things. And did that scare you, like, about being involved with him? He still, to me, seemed so, like, innocent. Did he make himself out to be innocent? Yeah. He made it out to where she was crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And now we're like, damn, this is textbook. Yeah. And so, yeah. I was just like, he. then he had nowhere to go. Cause, well, he was living at her place mm-hmm. for a while. But obviously, that couldn't be kept up for too long. He wasn't paying. He didn't have money. I feel like now, would you agree that that's a red flag? Oh, he my was living God. With her? Yes, yeah. dude. Yeah. yeah. He yeah. made it seem like he was paying for shit. Oh, of course. You know? You know, my abusive ex, he used to go to the point of, because I paid for everything. He would want me to give him the money whenever we were going out somewhere so that he it could look like he was paying. Really? Yeah, but it was my money. Oh my god. Yeah, so he knew that it looked that it was shitty, but he just, you know, didn't care. I mean, he was whining and dining me there for a while. Very expensive, fancy things. Was it love bombing? Super love bombing. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, he has money. Mm-hmm. But he was selling cocaine. And then I was not about that. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, I don't want you doing that shit. Mm-hmm. Which he actually did stop. But then he was fucking broke. Mm. And he's like, you want a bitch that I'm broke. But then when I go make money, you don't like how I make money. Yeah. So that's like, <laughs> go get a normal job, right? dude. Well, like, like, yeah, because I'm a felon. And it's yeah. like, oh, another red flag. What yeah, the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why do I like ex-cons? <laughs> I was going to ask you, do you have I'm a type? Like, yeah, I'm like, oh, if you look like you just got out of prison. Mm. Like, <laughs> you. <laughs> it didn't used to be like that. He yeah. was like the start of that. Um, but yeah. I wonder, do you know why that is? I don't know. I feel like maybe I do the opposite of my dad because my dad's such a hard worker, which Mm -hmm. is good, Mm -hmm. but I've watched him slave away to the job to where he, he's just worked his whole life. And I feel like I wish that he was maybe around a little more Mm -hmm. because he'd work out of town a lot Mm -hmm. and things like that. And so I, the whole, you know, straight laced working a regular job, nine to five, whatever. Like, that's not hot. (laughs) Yeah, I'm kind of like, I want some more of, like, a bad boy or someone who's going to do something a little different. Mm -hmm. And and I like like the energy. There's a certain kind of, like, fuck this shit energy Mm -hmm. where I don't want to trample all over somebody who's going to be super, like, oh, I follow all the rules. But, yeah, he had nowhere to go, and I'm like, well, you can move in with me. And then I couldn't get him out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they leech. Yeah, and then that's when my roommate at the time was like, one morning, I woke up, he wasn't there. He texted me, said, hey, I'm at the library. I am looking at plane tickets right now. I'm going to book a flight to leave. I'm either going to, like, we can get in your car and we can drive back, or I'm going to leave you here. Was it because of him? Yeah, I guess he had been, I didn't know this, but he was, my roommate basically said he thought he was going to kill me, based on things he was saying. 
And I noticed it was starting to get a little kind of scary. So he was, Phil was saying things to your friend, the mm-hmm. room, the other roommate, about wanting to kill, like that made him the roommate think that Phil was going to kill you. Yeah. Was it? Were you guys fighting or? He just started to get kind of crazy. This was all within like a thirty day period. Whoa! Only yeah. T- wow. And every long at like all. a few other times, like the two other times we got together after this, within thirty days. He snapped. Like, he could not maintain his image mm -hmm. for longer than a month at a time. Damn. Damn. But he just started to get super... Just, like, weird. Controlling. He... Things started to... He would, like, see people and shit. Started to sketch me out. Oh, hallucinating? Yeah. Mm. He'd be like... He'd tell me to get really quiet, and he'd be like, there's someone, like, Mm. right behind you. Mm. But the hair on my, like, arms would stand up. Is he meth, a meth user? See? Yeah. That too. That too yeah. later, Bo was like, oh yeah, like he was, I'm like, why didn't you fucking tell me this? Wow. But then he was telling me, he was like, oh, well, you know, he was on heroin. He had me take him down to Skid Row to get some drugs Your friend shit. knew this? And your friend didn't tell you? He didn't tell me. What the fuck, he, man? I think he had his old plan for a while there. I think he went back home. He was already looking at apartments. He had plans to leave. He didn't want to be in California anymore. His family was in Chicago. He wanted to move to Chicago. But he didn't. He wasn't upfront with me about it. He gave me no heads up, mm. nothing until mm. day of. He said, I'm like, well, I need to go back and get some of my clothes and get my thing. He's oh. like, we can't go back. You can't go back in there. He's going to kill you if you go back in there. And I was like, fuck it. I'm going back in there. So I went in there. I got a big old bag. He's like, what are you doing? I said, oh, I have Bill a... Bill said, what are you doing? Yeah, mm-hmm. I said, I have a photo shoot in, like, Malibu or somewhere. Uh, so I grabbed a bunch of my clothes. I was like, I'll be back later. He bought it. and But other than that, I left all my furniture. I left everything. It was wow. very, like, drove fucking, like, 24 hours all the way back to Kansas City. Wow. Fucking traumatizing, dude. I'm like, I'm leaving my whole life behind. Wow. And to this day, I wonder, like, what would have happened if... None of that happened. Would I still be out there? What would my life look like? What would I be doing? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you never know. If it wasn't that, it could have been something else. Right. If you're meant to be somewhere, you're meant to be somewhere, you know? Yeah. So you leave with your friend, mm-hmm. and you almost made it out. Like, you almost... And then he was like, nah, bitch, I'm in Kansas City. Well, he... No. Okay, so I was... Then from there, I moved to Chicago. And we... Well, he was, I had blocked him on like everything. He was, he was making fake accounts. He was messaging me on Instagram, Facebook, emailing me, Mm. crying, bawling. Oh my God, where'd you go? You left me. You abandoned me. I love you. I love you. Mm. All this shit. And I'm like, this is, I cannot deal with this shit. Mm. So I get to Chicago. Eventually I kind of start talking to him again. And I lived out there for, I'd say a year. And then the winter was just too fucking cold. Mm-hmm. So I came back to Kansas City. I was here for another two years. And we talked almost every single day. We basically just maintained a friendship over the phone for so three years. Did you justify his behavior from before? Well, he explained to me that he, you know, he had just gotten out of prison. He was on the streets. He didn't have time to reacclimate. Victimizing himself. Yeah. Making he, excuses. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, now he's had enough time that he realized that, like, all of that was so wrong and he's changed and you blah, 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 him. blah, blah, blah. 
Well, I mean, the fact that we carried on talking for like three years and I mean, in between then I was seeing people, I was dating people, but he was always there. He was always there for me. Anytime I needed somebody to talk to, like I could call him. He always picked up the phone. We would talk for hours. Like one time we sat on the phone for like nine or 10 hours. That sounds insane. Mm, But we could just talk about anything and everything. And he made me feel understood. He made me feel cared for. And we got along great. Mm. So three years of doing that. With no, and he didn't show any toxic behavior during the three-year period. Nothing. Wow. So I thought, you know what? That was a fluke. Maybe, (laughs) maybe he's changed. Mm -hmm. So I took a road trip with one of my friends. We ended up driving through California. And I let him know, hey, I'm going to be in town. If you would like to grab dinner. I would be open to doing that. Mm-hmm. So we grabbed dinner. How did he look when you saw him? Did he look different? No, he better. Looked, he, or no. I feel like he looked the same. He looked the same. Yeah. At the very end of the meal, very nice meal. Everything was very good, and he was like, "I have a surprise." He hands me an envelope, and I open it, and it's a Greyhound bus ticket to Kansas City. And that's when he says, I'm coming to Kansas City to be with you. Oh, no. Without even asking you, without even seeing if that's what you want. And then I'm like, fuck, dude. All I did was grab dinner after three years, and now he's coming all the way yeah. on a bus to come be no. with me again. Like, Wow. Fuck. Give an inch, take a mile, dude. Yeah. So how do you respond? I was just like, look, like you could have talked to me about this, and I don't know if I'm ready to just do this quite yet. And he was like, well, you know what? Like, I love you, and... I'm coming out there, so, mm-hmm. yeah. So then, then what? So what happened? So then I was fucking living with my parents at the time, and my mom heard me talking to him on the phone one night. And so she kicked me out of the house. Wow. Yeah. She said, well, Brooke, you got to learn the hard way. You want to really go do this again. You're not going to do it underneath my roof. Get the fuck out. So the fact that you wanted to be with him, your mom knew that this wasn't a good guy. Well, I didn't even, that was the thing. I was like, I don't even want to do that, mom. I was like, I don't want to be with him. She was like, well, you're talking to him. He's coming to Kansas City. So she had a super extreme reaction to something that you already didn't know how to navigate. Yep. That was the exact wrong move. So I was, what was I going to do? Yeah. I had nowhere to go. Mm -hmm. So I got one of those extended stay hotels. Fucking, he came and stayed with me. It was expensive as shit. So I did that for a couple weeks. And then you know what's weird too is she came and she helped me decorate the place. She was like, here, I bought a, I bought a microwave for you. I bought a bunch of stuff for to like, I'm like, you, why? Why are you acting all supportive now? You didn't want me to fucking do this shit. Do you want to get weird. into mom stuff? Because we can talk God, about mom, mom stuff. stuff, dude. Mom stuff. Yeah. It, so it's what's funny is that a lot of my friends, we commonly have... It's not even really daddy issues. It's more so mommy yeah. issues. And that's the thing yeah. I said with Phil. He did everything for me. He was mm-hmm. very acts of service. Mm-hmm. He was very much like, let me make everything. Like when he came over, like when he he immediately rearranged all the furniture, he was so tidy. I, didn't, I don't know a single guy who is this well kept. He vacuumed everything. He would cook. He'd be like, here, let me teach you how to do this. Let me do this for you. Let me... Like, he'd be like, let me blow dry your hair. Let me... Oh, that's so intimate and romantic. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, you know, like, I'm being all oh, pampered and it. taken yeah, care Yeah, Leo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And my mom would always do that, you know? When oh. I was a kid, she'd always be like, Brooke, here, let me 
help you get ready for school and all this shit. And so it was familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So we'll put a pin in the mom stuff if you're open to talking about that because your relationship with her is super interesting. I hope it's not, it reminds me of really like mommy dearest stuff minus the like beating with hangers. Yeah. Like the, she's, she seems very mental, psychological stuff. Yeah. Would you agree or no? Yeah, definitely. She, I mean, she has so much of her trauma from her childhood. Mm -hmm. And she has gone to the other end of the spectrum of trying to be a good mother to the point where it's completely like smothering and like helicopter parent. And then if there's any sense of me trying to like gain my own autonomy or me being like, hey, here's a boundary or whatever, she takes that as an insult of Mm -hmm. me saying, hey, I don't want your love. I don't want you to take care of me. I don't want you to do all of these things for me. So then she's like insulted. And then when she gets insulted, she just gets ridiculous. She just, that inner child comes out where it's almost like she's throwing a fit. fit. And then it makes, triggers me and then Mm -hmm. I throw a fit. And Mm -hmm. then now we're both throwing a fit. Mm -hmm. It's like, what the fuck? (laughs) Do you feel like she wants to, because you reached out to me over the first episode I made about the the narcissistic the children of narcissistic parents and the placements that they can fall in mm-hmm. you didn't you mention that you felt like you were similar to my older sister as to where she your mom wanted to vicariously like live through you yeah so what was that so the thing too like? is my mom and I were always really tight so my dad would work out of town a lot she didn't have any family that had anything to do with me same with my dad's side. And she, there was never a babysitter. Like she quit her job. She was a stay at home mom. So Mm. she took care of me Mm. and it was me and her 24 seven. She wanted you at the hip. Yeah. Mm. And so did she monitor everything you did? I mean, she was honestly very, she gave me freedom. Like I would run the neighborhood. I would climb all the trees. I would do shit. She'd always let me do that. Mm. But we were really close. I told her everything. Like, she was my best friend. I never kept any secrets from her. And it was like that for a long time. When did that change? After the Phil thing. Really? That completely. Same with my dad. That fucked up our relationship. I wonder why that. They just turned it into, and I mean, I'm not a parent, so I can't speak on this, but they made it so much about their feelings and how my decisions broke their heart. And that it's just... Like, I just fucked up, and now they just don't. Do you feel like your parents are narcissistic, both of them? No. I think my mom has narcissistic tendencies, Mm -hmm. but I don't think she's, like, a full narcissist. Mm -hmm. I talked about that today. (laughs) It's so funny, the tendencies versus... Yeah. My dad is just very... He doesn't consider anyone's perspective outside of his own. He's just Well, that's a narcissistic tendency. I mean, maybe. So here's another thing. It's hard to identify it when it's all you know. Yeah. And you talked about it. You mentioned earlier, I felt so comfortable. Mm -hmm. We feel comfortable in that, our nerve, in that chaotic and in that nerve. But for me lately, I've noticed I am not comfortable in that anymore. It puts me on edge. Yeah. When I'm around people who have those tendencies, I get irritable and Mm -hmm. avoidant. And Mm -hmm. so now I'm learning that like, hey, those are, that's actually my nervous system telling me like you're unsettled and you need to remove yourself or reposition 
what's going on. Can yeah. you, do you, do you relate to that? I mean, yeah. I feel that now. The mm. way that I feel and respond to so many different things mm. has changed mm-hmm. since I've accumulated so much trauma in those situations. Mm. And through learning to self-regulate, right? Yeah. 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 Which is still work. Oh, yeah. Every day. Yeah. I soft work yeah. on that every single fucking For day. For sure. Yeah. And it's so hard doing it on your own. It, it's, yes therapy helps, but you don't have your therapist every day, Yeah, every second, you know, like shit. Yeah. I mean, there'll, there'll be moments when everything's so chill. It's so calm. Everything's perfect. <coughs> and I'm still having to sit here and like focus on how I'm breathing because mm. I'll be holding my breath sometimes. I don't even realize it. I do that too. I'll hold my breath or I don't know if you can relate to this, that you'll, I'll start hyperventilating subconsciously. Yeah. If I'm, I, I've, started to notice it a lot more now but whenever I'm watching something if I'm getting into what I'm watching or if it's triggering me or if it's something that's intense I'll start to breathe really fast mm-hmm. or if I'm thinking if I'm getting in a rabbit hole in my head I'll start to think really fast or breathe really fast and then I'll start to have panic attacks and I yeah. started to realize my anxiety attacks were directly correlated with my subconscious <laughs> I was breathing it was so yeah. weird and so once I started monitoring my breathing that actually was a game changer for addressing my anxiety. I don't really deal with anxiety. To My anxiety is very situational now as to where before. I, it wasn't just due to the breathing thing, like dealing with Isaiah stuff and the healing from my abusive relationship was a big part of it too. But really, I don't know, it's actually been really cool that my anxiety has withered away like it has without medication. Yeah, that's awesome. I know that people have chemical imbalances. There are people that need it. I get that. But I would just be interested to see if there's people that don't need it that think they do. Yeah. So what's interesting is I was on, put on antidepressants when I was 10. Really? Wow, you're so young. That fucks you up, dude. Yeah. I cold turkeyed them. When I was 26. On your own? Like, was Mm -hmm. that a decision you made? Yeah. Wow. So that was, what is that, 16 years? Wow. That I was on that shit. And then I went to having to experience life and feel everything, Mm. especially all the shit I was going Mm. through, just raw dogging it, bro. Dude, you know, Brooke, that actually makes so much sense as to why you're dealing with a lot of your deep emotions. Like, I didn't now. know how to feel. I didn't yeah. know how to... Or probably identifying yeah. what these emotions were. Because everything was kind of, like, numbed out. Like, mm-hmm. it was like, these things are obviously bad, but they're not that bad because... And it's like, I have this weird thing where I do feel like the antidepressants helped me. Mm-hmm. Like, I was a lot happier. I was a lot just able to, like go through life and be like, oh, versus having meltdowns all the time. Because ever since I was little... Luca, I don't want you up here. I would just, like, struggle, even though I didn't really have any real reason to. When you were on them or when you are Before I was on them. Oh. Yeah, I would just have meltdowns. I would just freak out. Like, ever since I was little, I would just start, like, screaming and... Probably because of your home environment. Things that you maybe thought were normal that weren't actually normal and you're and you don't know how to deal with these emotions you don't know what they are yeah there was no adult around monitoring being like this is okay and this is not okay i mean right i mean my mom tried but she said she could only do so much she really like structured things for me which helped it would be so interesting if you could go back and look at your childhood through your adult eyes yeah what do you think you would see 
I mean, honestly, I felt like my childhood was very, like, perfect. Really? Yeah, I had a really good childhood. Mm. I did. So your I mom just, really didn't start showing these colors until you were an adult? Not that I can remember, oh. no. I mean, her and my dad would fight sometimes. Right, well, that's... So do you feel a sense of betrayal since things were so good when you were a kid? And I think it just turned into more of me developing my own personality and figuring out who I am and being old enough to really make my own decisions and start to be like, hey... I don't want you doing these things in terms of like infringing on me and my boundaries or whatever. Like as a kid, I didn't say those things. Yeah. I don't think I cared back then. I don't know. Oh, so you don't even think it affected you back then? Maybe it did. I also think I've always just been hypersensitive. Mm -hmm. So things would just kind of set me off. And I I don't know what would make that like, I wouldn't want to wear socks. Because I didn't like, like the way they, they feel. Would feel. You need to read a book by, I don't think it was Caroline Foster. I think I'm getting my authors mixed up. But it's called The Highly Sensitive Child. And it was actually, it's geared towards mothers understanding their children. But it was good for me because I'm like, I was that highly sensitive child. I was overstimulated. That's why I acted that way. The socks thing, that, yeah. that in a common one is toothpaste. A lot of highly sensitive children don't like toothpaste because... It's too strong. Mm-hmm. or But there's things that they'll do when they're overstimulated. They'll rub their eyes a lot. And it's not just it's not just because they're sleepy. It's because they're overwhelmed. Yeah. They're, they literally need to be in school. They need to be taught differently and introduced to things differently because they are so... Yeah. Like you said, it, it was so... It helped me understand myself and my child, me, <laughs> so much. It was a good book. And a highly sensitive adult, which I have not read yet, but... That's interesting. Mm-hmm. We'll check I should it check out. out it. Do you have Audible? Audible? No, I do not. Oh, well, that's how I listen to just it. Just listen to it mm-hmm. versus yeah. reading it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm sure reading it's fine, but I just listened to it. I mean, that's easier still. sometimes. Sometimes it I don't want to like just take sit. the time to read. You know? I know. Yeah. No, I've I have to force myself to it. it I read to help me it's, um, not be on social media as much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's really why I read, but I also like to listen to stuff. So yeah. Yeah, it's super interesting. So yeah, I feel like I would just freak out over things and my mom didn't understand why, why is my daughter, like, what's wrong? What can Mm -hmm. I do? You know? Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, she like put me in therapy at Children's Mercy and then they're like, well, put her on some Prozac and then... The people at Children's Mercy said that? Mm -hmm. How unfortunate. But then my days were brighter. I was less agitated. Oh, so do you feel like you needed it? I think it really did help me. Why'd you get off it? Because I, at the same time, I felt like I don't want my life to have to be dictated by a pharmaceutical medication. Mm. And I was old enough at the time that the side effects I realized, like no sex drive. Now I'm in relationships. This shit sucks. I can't get off. Mm. Like I was tired all the time. Mm. I was chronically lethargic. And I just thought, you know what? Do I really need these? Like, let me try life without them. And sometimes I have questioned over the years, should I get back on them? Would it help? But then you read about how it destroys your gut health. And that's actually where uh, serotonin is made. It's like in your gut. Really? And so these are SSRIs that are supposed to help give you serotonin, but they're destroying it at the same time. And I'm just like, what the fuck? So I've done so much research on like healthy alternatives. I'm trying these new pills now. They're like, what are they called? It's like joy filled or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's with ashwagandha. Nice. Um, 
St. John's Ward. Mm-hmm. There's a That's whole... A Do you feel like it's helping? I'm not noticing anything super drastic. I've only been on them for maybe a week. Oh, okay. It'll but take a week. I am noticing that I'm not as agitated. That's cool. That was it for today. So as always, please like, subscribe, and share my content. I do have a TikTok and an Instagram at ClamSlamPod. I'm not going to lie. I'm falling a little bit behind on the video clips, and I kind of took a break from videotaping it. Also, I think now is a good time to say that I decided to bring the first season of this podcast to a close in about four more episodes. I am just like reaching a climax moment in my life and shit's falling apart so that it can fall together. And I just am going through a lot of transitions. So I felt like it was a good idea to throw a few more out there and then take a break until about June. And I'll just have a lot more to fucking say and talk about. And I'll, I feel like I'll be on the other side of this transition I'm going through. So I'm excited about that. But yeah, please like and share my content, especially if you feel like somebody you know could relate to it. And next week, I am getting more into fucking witchy shit. I wanted to throw it all into one episode, and I did the first part a couple weeks ago, but I needed to make it into two episodes because I had a lot more to say about it than I thought. (laughs) So we get into astrology, human design, and fucking nose rings, baby. I am the astrology trope, so gonna break down some shit for the haters and inform for the people who are into it so next week will be magical and cool and fun all right i'll see you guys next time